0: and John McMullen.
1: And here we go, here we go!
0: Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365.
2: Morning, Birds fans appreciate you streaming in this early with us here on Birds 365. Yeah, Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here to hang with you for the next couple hours. And Johnny Mac, after we last talked on Friday after the Eagles preseason game, a lot of stuff has gone down, a lot of moves have been made, a lot of tinkering. I don't think it's going to be massive changes because of all the guys they signed the other day. I'm going to predict that's an 0 for 5 for guys who make the team the actual 53-man roster, but a lot to get into as far as the way the Eagles played the roster game. They kind of have to. Uh, need your take on all of it. Uh, after the uh, preseason game, the Eagles, we knew they had suffered some injuries. Didn't know the extent of them, what the reaction was going to be. Oh, The reaction is going to be the three of them got waved. And I know it's waved with uh, injury designation which does change things but were you surprised with any of the three guys the fact that greedy williams no longer here sorry greedy kind of saw that coming the fact that ty zettner didn't unseat aaron sipos yeah we kind of saw that coming but the released with injury designation
3: any surprises for you there uh, just with Zach a little bit, Zach McPherson, I was a little bit surprised. And it's interesting you bring that up because I have to email my guy, Joel Corey. He's the one who usually explains this. The Eagles made a a big to-do about we need uh, the space to practice. And I was in, under the assumption that if you just move somebody to injured reserve, you're not counting against the 90-man roster. Now... um. <laughs> you got to be diligent with this league because they change rules all the time. Um, on, on the transaction wire, which comes out every day in the NFL, there was a big note that, uh, these, all three cleared waivers. So it doesn't matter, but all three of the
2: players have already
3: cleared. Waivers. Yeah. They've already okay. cleared waivers. Cause I, I
2: you know, I text you over the weekend and said, is there a chance that the team will actually claim Zach McPherson? Now, knowing full well you're going to have to sit on him for an entire year, he's not going to play. He's going to be on your I.R. You're paying for him to get back to playing status. He was a draft pick. He had played well, and he is a very good special teams player. I thought there was a chance that the team was actually going to claim him and stash him for an entire season.
3: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. A hundred percent, but I was pretty confident it was 99. I mean, teams aren't going to pay a guy to rehab and and understand, you know, as, and I think Zach's an important part of this team, but he's an important part to this team. He's not necessarily going to be valued elsewhere. Remember, he hasn't played on defense. He is a good special teams player. Um, But, you know, guys have their own. a quick question for you. Who played more
2: snaps on defense last year, Zach McPherson or N'Kobe Dean?
3: Well, uh, uh, Zach. But okay. You well, know.
2: then I I don't think you can use the phrase. He didn't play on defense. If he didn't play on defense, N'Kobe Dean sure as hell didn't play on defense. And now the Eagles are expecting him to play about ninety nine percent of the time on defense this year.
3: Yeah, but the the Eagles think uh N'Kobe's, uh uh. uh a better prospect than Zach McPherson. I think most people do. I think Jody McDonald does. I think he is. Oh, I, I mean, I do, he is. But um, from Zach's standpoint, I mean, he didn't play because the Eagles have two really good corners, um, and they stayed healthy. Um, if he was forced to play, we you know, we would have gotten a better feel uh, for what he is as a defensive player. Um, but my, my larger point is, you know, teams all over the league have their own guys and their own guys they're working with as developmental players or special teams players. And, you know, they're not going to pluck somebody off somebody else's roster who's not healthy and you have to pay for a year to rehab and, and hope it turns into something down the line. That's just you never say never because there's bad organizations, but that would just be bad business. The Eagles were very confident he was going to get through waivers. He did get through waivers. And
2: it's already done, so they yeah. were right. I, 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 yeah, you, you're at one percent. I was more at like ten that some team might take a flyer on him. Uh, but it's irrelevant now because if he, if the waiver period is already up and nobody took him, then he's back on the Eagles on their reserve roster.
3: And the same thing uh, that, to a lesser degree, I, I do think Tyree Cleveland played himself into being a bubble player. Um, not that he was assured of a 53-man roster spot, but I think he was pushing for one. Um, uh, But the wave injured designation didn't surprise me at all with him and, and Noah Ellis the same. And as, a, as, as I said, they're both – they're all three are on the Eagles injured reserve list. Now, from this point forward, Zach suffered a season-ending injury, so it kind of doesn't matter with him. The other guys – Tyree certainly did not. You never know with concussions, but, uh, the history says he'll be cleared at some point. Um, and Noah, um, I, I don't think it's a season season ending injury. Um, you can, the waived injured designation allows you to work out, uh, injury settlement with those players. Um, and then they can be released and play somewhere else. Or you can wait the period, it's like eight eight weeks or something, uh, and you can bring them back later down the road. So you have some more maneuverability with players that weren't uh, season-ending injuries. Uh, in theory, they could play somewhere else, would be the more logical standpoint after an injury settlement, or if they want to wait the lengthy period, they can even come back to Philadelphia. Um, so from that standpoint, it gives you more maneuverability, but yeah, I was a little surprised that Zach wasn't just placed on IR and I have to check with Joel Corey to see if that, if that changed because the Eagles, as I said, they made a big to do about, well, we need bodies to practice and that's why they brought in the five names you mentioned. Which Uh, by, by the way, if you don't mind me interrupting, how many practices
2: are we talking about? before you have to get to the 53-man roster?
3: Um. Well, Tuesday, uh, a week from Tuesday. Well, Saturday. So. They had the one weekend practice. Well, well by and, the way, here's, any of those five guys practice? And by the way, Saturday, no, they practiced yesterday. They were all there I mean. yesterday. Um, okay, so uh, that's Ty, one. Tyreek Maddox-Williams was there Saturday. Quentin Bell was there Saturday. Um. I think... Uh, Caleb Sanders was there I'm not sure if Marvin was there Marvin Wilson's back and Robert Cooper I didn't see them specifically on Saturday they were there Sunday the other three were there Saturday Um, and and you have the practice Tuesday against Indianapolis but, but and he, here's the dirty secret of the NFL which I've always mentioned these guys are here to be crash test dummies for the yeah. game for the game and it's ugly, and it's untoward, and nobody talks about it. But I'll talk about it. Jody, you'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. It. It's ugly. It is ugly the way this league treats. Now, from their perspective, they're trying to get noticed. They're trying to get, you know, film. It's not they're, like they're, they're signing doing it...
2: on for it. They're saying, yeah. okay, fine. They know. Their agent knows. McMullin knows. McDonald knows. Most Eagle fans you know. Yeah, you're a crash test dummy. If if you want to sign up for duty, we'll have you. We'll use you. Yeah. If you don't, you don't. So the players so, do so willingly. because. Uh, so that's why I can't get crazed about it because they're signing up for it.
3: No, and, and by the way, I don't get crazed about it from that standpoint because you're right. They're, they want to do it. They want to do it. I, that's not my point. My point is these bullshit artists, and I'll curse early today because it's a Monday and I'm, you know, fired up. These bullshit artists that claim that they care about player safety, yeah. they don't give a brat's ass about player safety. All they care about is star player safety and head injuries and concussions and head trauma and long-term. That's it. They don't care about ACLs. They don't care about Achilles. They don't care about anything. And that hypocrisy bothers me on a personal level. So yeah. it's not about – they're signing up or, NFL players sign up to play this game. As you know, Zach Ertz says, Jason Kelsey says, this game with a hundred percent injury rate. All these guys know they're getting hurt at some point if they play this game long enough. All of them, so they're signing up for it. That's they're adults, that's up to them. I don't have an issue from that perspective. I have an issue from the, the other nonsense, the, the people that get on the soapbox and act like they care about player safety. And they don't give a rat's ass. Yeah, they care about Jalen Hurts' player safety. They don't care about Robert Cooper's. I guarantee you. Nothing against poor Robert Cooper, but right. it's just the reality of it. And uh, good good luck to any of the
2: five. All right, so I need a McMullen prediction. I can already uh, guess at what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask you to formalize it anyway. Chance that any of the five players signed – over the weekend, make the Eagles 53-man roster.
3: Oh, zero, zero, zero. Now, right. practice well, squad. I'll I was going to say, let me get to the 1%. Yeah.
2: If we got a 0% for the first question, maybe a 1 on the second. Any of the five make the uh, practice squad.
3: No, I'll go 10% on the second. Because, big. well, a, a couple reasons. One, I mentioned Robert Cooper. Robert Cooper's a big 340 pound nose tackle they've been looking for a backup nose tackle forever for Jordan Davis it's tough to find 300 how about the guy to... they
2: signed last week who got a penalty in the game the other night as
3: yeah well same the... thing that's uh 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 and I gotta him on I have to look name. at his name to you, try you to and I both out need
2: Hunter. to work on his name if he's uh, gonna uh, be a here. lot
3: a lot I think we described on uh, we settled on Oh, Olave, is that what we say? Oh, yeah, right. Saga, is it Alave? Is it Olave, Pulu. Is it Ola Olave, Olave? Saga Pulu. And yeah. he's another guy, he's 331 pounds. So, this yeah, is a perfect guy. example. And Cooper's listed at 335. So, they're looking for that trait. Um, and it, it's difficult to find somebody with the movement skills of Jordan Davis when you're that size. So, those guys, you know, if they splash something, they might say. Let's stash him on the practice squad, see what happens. And plus also Marvin Wilson is back. I was going to say, does Marvin, uh, is Marvin got those
2: traits? Does he got those skills to be a backup to Jordan? Well, he's
3: a, he's a little bit smaller. You know, he's a 300. He's more like Marlon Tui Pelotu size. So, but, you know, remember last year, I think people, were, it was the Houston game. Um, some of those stop and the run issues came up because, Not only was Jordan injured, um, Jordan Davis, but also Marlon got injured. People forget about that. And Marvin Wilson got his opportunity in his hometown, by the way. He's from Houston. Great Mm. kid. Tremendous, tremendous kid. Um, He didn't play well. And the Eagles were like, well, we got to do something. And then all of a sudden, Linball Joseph is here. Um, So, you know, he's had that opportunity in the past. But they do know him, and they do like him, uh, but I, I don't think he's that big natural run stopper that they're looking for.
2: You uh, went to a name that I was just going to ask you about. Um, last year, what was the phrase you used, not uh, ring chase, and I know you like that one, but describing a player who joins in season. Um, you had a phrase, mercenary
3: you, markets. The uh, mercenary uh, market. Yeah. Is it too early for the mercenary market? No, for they already dipped into the mercenary market with Zach Cunningham and Miles Jack, and i right, seems to specifically be working out. At
2: Jordan davis's backup. Who do you think? Either of these two guys we just mentioned, or Linval Joseph. Who do you think
3: would be better well, to Linball's, do that this year? Lindball's still out there. That's hey, what I'm I,
2: asking. That's the question I'm trying to get to. Is it too early to go mercenary market? Yes. To put a phone call into I don't, Linball I, Joseph?
3: I don't think Lindball wants to play the whole season. I think, you know, and I've talked to Lindball a lot. I think he wants to, and he, you know, he hasn't retired to my knowledge. That's and, why I'm asking he, this question. And he hasn't said he was, going to retire i think he wants to do what he did last year and see now on paper it looks really good for the eagles we talk it all the time certainly in the nfc but paper's paper and you know if mid-season things aren't going well and there's another team san francisco dallas whomever detroit somebody jumps up chicago because justin fields and there <laughs> well, is this my, whole, there's this uh,
2: whole other conference that you have yeah. well you?
3: yeah exactly but it's, the, edge, I, the only it. reason i bring up the nfc because it's easier in the nfc to pick um there aren't there's a bunch of good teams in the afc so if you're ring chasing to me it's easier to focus on the nfc and the eagles would be the leader right now on paper but You know how things work in this league. A couple major injuries for the Eagles. A couple major injuries on the offensive line. The whole trajectory of their season could change. Um, So I think he wants to wait it out if he does play. But that's just my feeling.
2: Just just since the Eagles seem motivated to find a quote-unquote backup specifically for Jordan Davis... But what he brings to the table is for lack of a better word, a nose tackle. I think more people would understand that than five technique but um uh, yeah, Linwaldugh was pretty good at that last year and he's still sitting out there and don't know what conversation he got has, yeah, has what they had
3: with want they, they got plenty of fives. they want zero or shade technique. that's what they want zero, zero or, or shade, shade. Yeah, that's and that's uh that's yeah, that's big Jordan Davis. Exactly,
2: and uh, just the Paul Joseph name came came to mind. We'll keep him in the back in our back pocket for a future conversation. Uh, one that was cut and dry over the weekend was, and didn't see this one coming. And as soon as it happened, I said, "Well, should have seen this one coming." I didn't know Miles Jack was ready to walk away. I thought there was a good chance Miles Jack was not going to be a Philadelphia Eagle when the season started. Because like you mentioned, the mercenary market, sometimes mercenaries work. Sometimes they don't. Came in, didn't flash. They bring him, he and Cunningham in at the same time. And Cunningham has done nothing but flash. And if you need me to predict today, I think he will be the other starter with N'Kobe Dean opening night, opening uh, late afternoon against the Patriots. Miles Jack made it easy on the Eagles, walked in and said, yeah, never mind. I'm done. Uh, we'll, we'll call it a day. We'll call it a career here today. Didn't know he was going to do that. John surprised by the announcement.
3: Um, no, uh, I, I think he saw the writing on the wall. Number one, um, I, I, you know, he didn't come in immediately and he sees what went on with Zach Cunningham. Um, so that was part of it. And then when we talked to him, he had kind of moved on. As you explained, he was talking about becoming an electrician, the zombie apocalypse. So he was already thinking about retirement before he got here. And then somebody offers to pay you two and a half million. Now he's made a lot of money, but still it's tough to walk away from that money when somebody's offering it to you. But then he got here and I think um, he saw the writing on the wall and he wasn't going to make the football team. So why kill yourself or... Uh, another couple weeks, uh, not a week, as I mentioned, a week uh, from Tuesday. And he just said, you know what? I'm going home. Um, and that's fine. Um, they gave it a shot. That's why they signed, too. That's why they did it. Yep. They weren't expecting both. They were saying, all let right, right, let's, let's roll the dice here, get two darts. And it looks like, I don't want to overstate it, but it looks like, you know, Zach Cunningham still got something left and he, he has looked clearly like their second best linebacker. And to and, and be honest, you could argue their best linebacker. You, you could argue uh, because we talked about Nekobi and the proven nature of where he is. Zach's played a lot of football and he was a good player, a really good player. Um, so, you know, Long-term, they might have hit a home run with that. We'll have to see. But, you know, when Deshaun Watson and the Browns were here, got his hands on the football twice, caused two interceptions. That's that's pretty impressive.
2: And uh, as of right now, and the Eagles have made no commitments at the – Well, I, I shouldn't say the Eagles and commitments in the same word. The coach refuses to commit to uh, the starting right guard. <laughs> So, so there are some commitments that we believe about ninety nine point nine percent, but it can't be hundred until the coach says so. Um, they have not made commitments on either their other starting safety. Well, it's starting safe. We don't know Blankenship's a starting safety, even though we all believe it. So we're going to just have to wait and see until that opening night to find out. Oh, we on. know,
3: we know, Jody. Don't worry about Reed. He's starting. Okay. Yeah, there's the
2: coach said, Reed Blankenship is started.
3: Coach doesn't say anybody. Coach doesn't that's, say Jason Kelsey's starting. That's but why can, I'm not at
2: a hundred. I'm only at ninety nine. But we 9 can we month.
3: can definitively say Jason Kelsey's a starter. He doesn't say it. He doesn't say it. But we all know it. If if uh, you
2: ask them tomorrow, do you think he not confirmed that Jason Kelsey is his starting center? I know your, uh, your questions are gold and you can't waste them on yeah, nonsensical well, exactly. questions that's, like Jody McDonald. Asked that's part on of 365. But if he was asked, he would say, Jason Kelsey is their starting center. If he was
3: asked, is Beef Jerky his right guard, he'd probably do the hedge thing again. Well, he, yeah, he would. But that's kind of the point. Um, now, with younger players, it is different. Now, obviously, everybody, that's the point. It's stipulated. Everybody knows Jason Kelsey's a starter. Lane Johnson's a starter. I'm not trying to compare Reed Blankenship to those guys because he's a largely unproven player, but it is a beta complete. They're in the same category. He's a starting player in this league, whether he doesn't want to admit it. With young players, Cam jerkins is the same way. Cam Jurgens a starter. I mean, and he winked me. You know, basically wink winked it at me. He's a starter. I mean, and that's why the questions are no longer coming because we know those players are starters, just like the entrenched players, whether it's Jalen Hurts or A.J. Brown or anybody. They're starters. They're right, entrenched. So, so I'm going to put you through the paces real quickly here. Cam Juergens, right guard, starter.
2: Give me the percentage number. A hundred. Okay. Yeah. Barring injury. injury. Everything's right, barring injury. injury. Everything. Uh, A hundred.
3: If I could make up a a, a fake number, I'd go one hundred and ten. Right, a hundred.
2: Uh, Nickobe Dean, will linebacker. A hundred linebacker, middle linebacker. A hundred. Cunningham, will linebacker.
3: 90 percent. Okay. At Christian Ellis, I'd leave the door slightly ajar for okay. Christian Ellis. And. Uh... Give
2: me just the percentage breakdowns of the safeties other than oh, safety the other safety. My God. It's, My, I like don't, 25, I, 25, 25, 25. Well, I would still say no. Bounce? I'm gonna I'm
3: gonna go I'm gonna go 50 Terrell Edmonds. I'm gonna go 50. That's a
2: pretty big number when you're splitting it four ways.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go twenty-five Sydney Brown, and I'm gonna go 12 and a half. Uh, Justin Evans and Kayvon Wallace. Um, I and I'm probably being low on Justin Evans. The way they're handling that other safety is bizarre. Is bizarre. I mean, I talked. Sean DeSai got asked, and the first two were his, the first four questions uh, to him yesterday were safety questions. I know we should get to Jeff Kerr. We should go to break. We'll talk about this with Jeff. All right. We'll do it with Jeff. Uh
2: Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, gonna join us hour number one. Mike Fielski from the Inquirer, hour number two. So we got a good one coming your way here on Birds 365.
5: E A G L E S Eagles.
2: You got MAGAMAC here with you on Birds Three Sixty Five, and it's Monday. It means we've got Jeff Kerr with us. Mr. Kerr read some of your stuff over the weekend. Uh, when football starts, when the season gets underway, we know you're an Eagle guy, but your job is the entire National Football League. How much of it uh, does it pain you on a Sunday when you got to be do, doing something other than watching Eagles?
8: Oh, well, I do. I watch every game anyway, whether it's live or after. So it doesn't some, matter to you live
2: watching, or whatever. You, you can't you watch, watch them
8: all live. No, yeah, well, live. I, I'm like Mr. Octobox uh, over here with friends. Okay, But, you know, thanks to NFL Plus, I pretty much what I do, Sunday night, Monday morning after I talk to you guys, I'm watching the. Condensed like hour thirty minute version of game. Yeah, that no condensed
3: version is awesome. By the way, Chief. it's great. Uh, yep. I can I, I,
8: I can stop the game whenever I want. And, you know, just to look at a protection or how a defense is set up, and it's perfect. Literally, I, I everybody says Sunday's the busiest day of the week for a writer. To me, it's Monday because I'm i watching rewatching everything, and I got I got write one thing about <laughs> each team. So yeah. there you go. Um. Yeah.
3: God bless, I used to have to do that. It's difficult to keep your eye on the prize for every team, because, uh, especially when you're not there. But you're here enough uh, to keep your sort of hand on the pulse of the Eagles. Um, you heard us talking about the the safety position um, opposite Reed Lankenship. Uh, look, at this point, normally, Jeff, you're whittling down. The Eagles are expanding, and Sean Desai tried to sell me a load of you-know-what yesterday. Oh, this was the plan. This was always the plan. So you're telling me on day 13 of camp, uh, we're going to start looking at Justin Evans as the starter because um, Terrell Edmonds or Sidney Brown or Kayvon Wallace locked things down? What sense does that make to you, Jeff Kerr?
8: Uh, it doesn't, although I'm sure you guys have the ball writing articles about Justin Evans with the first team yesterday. You now, I, look, I, I still think ultimately it's going to be Sidney Brown. I, I, I think they've been trending towards that for a while. They just keep moving him up the depth chart. He's making plays in the preseason. i still say Kayvon Wallace is, is in the mix there along with Terrell Edmonds. But, I, you know, I, I kind of agree with you, John. I think we were talking about it last week you're not playing the greatest offenses in the world to start the season. Why not just throw the kid out there and see what he can do?
3: Yeah. Well, that, that would be the way I would go about it. But here's the thing, and I'll th- throw this at both of you guys. Now, Tuesday, tomorrow is the last open practice of the season of this summer. Last time we'll get to watch the entire practice. Are they really waiting for clandestine reasons till we leave, and then Sidney Brown's the starter. I I, I mean, are, I, 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 and if they are, that's dumb, right? That's dumb. This is a young kid who's raw. He should be getting as many reps as humanly possible with the first team opposite Reed Blankenship to develop some kind of chemistry, because Reed's a young player, too. I it, it, please tell me that's not what they're doing, waiting I, for us to Knowing leave.
8: them, I wouldn't be surprised because they seem to do that all the time with with us. John, you know, everything's secretive. I mean, heaven forbid if you went and asked somebody on the Eagles, hey, you know, you guys have been leaning toward Zach Cunningham as you're starting. Like, whoa, no, no, no. Whoa, whoa. You know, we got Nicholas Morrow on the first team. I'm like, yeah, okay.
2: I don't think it's as much a hide it from the media thing as it's an overemphasized competitive advantage thing, I think this is coming straight from the head coach. I think that, and we all like Sirianni and think he's a real good young coach and the top 10 coach already could be high, and higher than that. He is overly obsessed with competitive advantage. And keeping information under lock and key so that that little smidge of an edge they get in a game against an upcoming opponent, he wants going his way. I think he well overstates the importance of that, but that's what I think this is. This is just his way of doing things, which is the reason why I'm questioning safety. Can we all agree that Sidney Brown has the best skill set? Of all the uh safeties that they're considering for someone starting against Reed Blankenship, That you take his skill set over either Evans or Edmonds,
3: right? Or
2: uh yeah, He's got he's got
3: I I how I would praise it, because I had to phrase this for all the idiots saying Justin Fields was better than Jalen Hurts this weekend, and there were a boatload of those morons. Um he's got better physical gifts than anybody else. That's how I would phrase it. Is he a better player than Reed Blankenship right now? Not even close, not even close. Understood, good way to describe it. But knowing that, do you not
2: believe that Sidney Brown might not be the guy to fit into the Eagles defense because of their overall philosophy, which is don't give up the big plays, don't give up the big plays, play it safe, keep everything in front of you. Well, if you've got this athletic guy with the physical traits who can make plays and Maybe be a game changer, but might get caught out of position because he's over aggressive. And uh oh, here goes the touchdown over the top. That if that is the major determining factor, and I believe it got Sean Desai hired as the defensive coordinator, doesn't that kind of play against
8: Sidney Brown and toward the other guys with experience? Maybe if they go with a Terrell Edmonds per se, but Edmonds has been subset. Susceptible to giving up the big plays too. I, I I think if they want a guy who can create turnovers, which I know is a big deal for them, I think Sidney Brown is your guy because of of you said, Jody, his over aggressiveness. Yeah, uh, you know, we saw this on Thursday night. Uh, it, it it is beneficial though to play like that. Um, who was the running back he hit, John? Uh, you probably remember on top you It was forty-one oh, on the Browns. It was forty-one uh, on the Browns. Yeah. That John but,
3: uh, Kelly. Yeah, that was John
8: Kelly. John That's who, Kelly. Yeah. yeah, he popped him. I mean, he. I thought John Kelly was going to fumble the football after Sidney Brown hit him. That,
3: well, it, I think he's going to fumble the football all the time.
8: That, that, that's <laughs> true. I mean, he did fumble the football when the Cobra yeah. team missed them. Well, so. exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah,
3: but I agree with Sidney Brown from a physical standpoint, but yeah, Jody brings up a good point and that's why don't sleep. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you don't sleep on Justin Evans because he's the coverage guy and that's what they want. They want coverage safeties. Uh, He's healthy. He's playing well. They just said, hey, we got to look at this kid. Um, He's a veteran. He's a former starter uh, with Tampa Bay, an ascending starter, I might add. Uh, Second-round pick. He's got physical gifts. Uh, I'm, I'm not ready to say, but practice number 13. And he shows up, and he gets (laughs) all the first team reps, basically. All, um, not all, but I would say, uh, all all the major. I should have described that better. All the major team drills. Overall, I would say eighty percent of first team reps on Saturday. Big number. Now Sunday, Terrell Edmonds was back as the starter, so they are rotating, um. And all four got first team reps. I would say uh, Edmonds got the most. Evans was second. Uh, uh, Kay, Sydney was third. Kavon was fourth. Typically, Sydney has been fourth on that list. And if you compiled all of training camp 14 practices, number one is Edmonds, number two is Wallace, number three is Evans, number four is Brown. If they're trying to ramp them up for week one, I think we all agree the ultimate goal is to get to Sidney Brown. My only point is if they're trying to ramp them up for week one, they're doing it in a weird way. That's my only point.
8: By the way, John, I thought Thursday was really telling with who was playing late in that game. Is that when there was Kayvon Wallace was playing
3: late? Yeah, he played a lot of reps. Uh, that's a bad sign for Kayvon. Yeah. I think Kayvon's the guy who's taken a step back.
8: Yeah. Do you think he makes the
3: team? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah uh, especially I, I, I think with so. uh, they lost Sean Bradley and and Zach McPherson in back-to-back weeks, two of their best special teams players. And Kayvon's even more important from that perspective um, as a special teams player.
2: Do you think Kayvon's played poorly
3: this spring? No, nope, not no, not at all. No. I don't know. He He's played. He's been solid. Do you just
2: think he's been outdone by Edmonds and Evan? they've been that much better?
3: I think they like Evans's coverage ability better. Um, as I mentioned, obviously they like Brown's long-term ceiling better than everybody. And I think Edmonds is the, the sort of, you know what he is. He can play. He's not going to be splashy. And I think, you know, he hasn't done anything wrong, but I think he doesn't have anything to hang your hat on as as they can look at the other three and say they're more defined.
8: There is one thing I've learned in this camp with them. I thought safety was going to be a big question mark. They established a starter and re-blanket shifted. That was clear from day one. But I think they're deeper at safety than oh, probably so realize are. I I don't think safety is as big of an issue as we thought it was going to be.
3: No, I agree with that. I'm not worried about the position. Um, You're not going to have a C.J. type playmaker. um, But I'm not worried about the position, and I was concerned about it. I'm just trying to figure out what the hell they're doing.
8: Last Um, year was a discombobulated mess. We weren't even sure if Joukowsky Tartan and Anthony Harris were going to be on the team at at this time. uh, None of them made it.
3: Speak for yourself. Yeah. I knew your quality. Yeah. Gonna tart, a uh, yeah. I, I knew, I knew early on that tart. Was <laughs> yeah, not gonna no. make I, it. I think
8: you actually told me the third practice shot. We were yeah. watching him. And you're like, he ain't yeah.
3: making it.
2: No, <laughs> no. Uh, but one of our streamers said he was the best safety on the Eagles roster
3: last year. Did but not we, believe me. I do not get my flowers when I get it. Right. I got Zach Cunningham over miles Jack too. If anybody. Yeah. Yeah. My,
8: I still like how everybody got excited <laughs> about miles Jack and I'm like, You guys know Miles Jack. Like, I I like Miles Jack the player, but he wasn't the same player. And the whole trade school thing, it kind of, not like it gave me a red flag, but I'm like, oh, you know, it's a backup plan. Yeah, he
3: (laughs) admitted, basically, he was, he had one foot in retirement. And with the zombie apocalypse coming, that's a smart way to go about it. He wants to learn a trade. Mentally kind of I, I don't blame
8: him, honestly. You're 28 years old. You made millions. It's made a lot of money, yeah. It, here's you
2: know, why not? Here's my biggest, well, not biggest concern, biggest question. Uh, and, John, you've got questions about how they're going about determining uh, who's going to play come uh, that first week against the Patriots. I'll take it a step further. Last year with Jonathan Gannon as the defensive coordinator, you had your two linebackers and your two safeties. And the only way they came off the field was if one of them got hurt. Otherwise, they were playing every single – Mark, did Epps play every single snap on defense? Almost. Right Pretty much, Almost.
3: Yeah. Almost. <laughs> I, think it was, I think he ended up at 99. There were a couple snaps. Uh, right.
2: And, yeah. and the same for Edwards at linebacker. They just didn't come off the field. That was the way that Gannon ran his defense. And the coach – when I said the coach, I mean the head coach, Nick Sirianni, has got out of his way to let us know, sometimes with a wink and a nod, Oh, there's going to be the same defense. Uh, it's my team. I got my defensive tenants. We're going to play the same way that we did. Yeah. We'll let Deshaun uh, Sean, Sean decide to think or a little bit, but basically it's going to be the same defense. Does that fit with the amount of playing time that the players get at those positions? If Cunningham wins the other linebacker spot, which we're all believing he's in the lead now, if one of those other guys, whoever it is, as we debate back and forth between us all and I asked John to give me percentages uh, on who's gonna, does that mean those other three guys are just gonna sit around on game day? The the other linebackers are gonna sit around on game day? Are they gonna figure out their two starters at those positions and then those guys are entrenched all year long? Does well, first- it play the same as it did last year?
8: Well, Christian Ellis will have a role regardless because he was huge on special teams for them at the end of last year. I'm
2: not talking special teams. I'm talking from the line of scrimmage.
8: I, I, I think he plays. I, I, I think Christian Ellis plays a bit.
3: Um, <clears throat> If guys, here's how I would describe that, Jody. If if TJ was back and the Kobe Dean, you know, say you're just slotting in the Kobe Dean to replace Kaiser White, if CJ was back, they signed CJ. If Marcus was back, they signed Marcus. It'd be the exact same. Nobody, nobody's getting right. replaced. Um, but I'm saying with a different defensive coordinator it would be the same thing. Um, cause they trusted those guys. Those guys were, became entrenched at least. Um, and Nicobi's, you know, would be the guy they've said, all right, we're just going to slot you in. Um, there's uncertainty now. <clears throat> like Reed's not coming off the field,
2: right? But let me let, let me just interject here for a second, John. Nobody knew Marcus Epps was a 99 percent when the season started.
3: No, I said I didn't mention that.
2: <clears throat> it became that. So if you're talking about him a year later and again, well, of course, because they did it the year before. Well, that's I'm why to I said this year to the beginning of last year.
3: Yeah, that's why I said became entrenched already. Right. If, if Reed and N'Kobe stay healthy, they're not leaving the field. They're not leaving the field. Now, the other guys, you're going to have, I think, more room for piecemealing it. Talked about Edmonds as more of a box player. When they go to Big Nickel, he might be playing linebacker um, against certain teams like New England. New England, you might go, let's go first two games. New England, Minnesota. You might get a whole lot of Zach Cunningham against New England and maybe not much of Zach Cunningham against Minnesota because they play different styles. New England's supposed to be embracing, if you believe Dan Orlovsky, we talked about it, Jody, the old-school approach, going to run the football, going to try to manage games, do it that way. Minnesota's going to throw the football all over the lot, so you're probably going to have a lot of big nickel, um, more safeties on the field try to stop Jefferson. You might see that dichotomy from week one to week two. Um but if they feel comfortable with Zach Cunningham, if they feel comfortable with Sidney Brown, Kayvon Wallace, or Justin Evans, they're not going to piecemeal it. They're only going to piecemeal it if they don't feel comfortable. And then they try to cobble it together.
2: Yeah. See, thank you. You're yeah. you're answering my question, you're not answering my question. I ask you both. Will any of those other starters, not named the Kobe Dean or uh, Reed Blankenship, be able to achieve the level of comfort that they become unquestioned starters and there are on situational substitutions. I,
8: I mean, like what John said, though. Now, Kobe ain't leaving the field. mean, We saw that. We saw that train camp. not and aside, if they're every down players,
2: <laughs> the other starting linebacker, the other starting safety, do you believe that either at either position they can get a player who will be used like the player was who played that position last year? A 95 percenter, or as John just suggested, maybe week one. But the difference between week one and week two, seeing different guys used because of situational substitutions against the matchup, they didn't do that last year. Gannon didn't do that last year. Will decide do that this year, either because they're not comfortable enough with whoever that starter is or that decide's going to be allowed to coach differently
8: than Gannon did. Well, I will say this. Zach Cunningham told me Thursday night when I was talking to him, he wants to show the Eagles he can cover he's a better coverage player than what maybe the tape suggested when he was in Houston and Tennessee. So that's telling me that they're at least – Christian Ellis is right now better in coverage than Zach Cunningham. But Zach Cunningham's range may change that. So if if Zach Cunningham can prove to the Eagles over the next two weeks, he can cover just as good as Christian Ellis, I don't think he leaves the field. Okay.
2: And he did I, get I, his yeah. hands
8: on a couple of Deshaun Watson <clears throat> passes.
2: Well, lately. yeah, I, I, I would to make an
3: argument. I would say, using your words, Jody, you said, uh, "We'll be allowed to coach differently." It, it, it's not about being allowed. If they have competence in the player, they're not coming off the field. Jonathan, Gaffin, when you say they, who are you referring? I'm to? talking about the coaching staff. I'm talking about Sean Desai. If he has competence and Sean uh, and Zach Cunningham, or he has competence in um, the other safety, the way Gannon had competence in Epps and Kaiser White, they're not leaving the field. Um, It's only if you don't have competence. And Gannon could have, he wasn't not permitted to play other players. He didn't want to play other players. In the case of Desai, he's not going to be not permitted to make situational substitutions. He's only going to make them if he feels he has to make them. If you have a guy who can do everything, that's what you want. Those are not rotational positions. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're rotating, it's because you feel you have an issue. That's kind of what it is.
2: Okay. And I just, I'm trying to ferret out and I don't, I know, I don't know. And John, I, I am suggesting you don't know yet. I don't know that anybody knows yet how the relationship is going to work in-game, off, in-between weeks leading up to the game between the head coach and the defense coordinator. Uh, you please, Uh Please confirm or deny, Jack. It, it, last year, Gannon was kind of on an island. I don't think Sirianni, uh was micromanaging him or looking over his shoulder or questioning much. I think he let him do what he was going to do. Do you think that, as of right now, Sean Desai has that same kind of power structure?
3: I think he does yeah, until so. he... No. Deserves to, till he proves he doesn't deserve it. Like he'll get his marching orders, just like Jonathan Gannon got his marching orders, which basically is, it, I, I, it's basically limit explosive plays. Yeah, don't that's give it. up the big play. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, uh, go do it now. If you start giving up explosive plays, Nick's going to step in and go. Uh, yeah, what the hell? We got to do this. We got to tweak this. But that's basically what it comes down to. One well, Fun fact about the Super Bowl. Plays.
8: We didn't see that many explosive plays in the Chiefs' offense. We saw
3: it.
2: Patrick on Mahomes on the run. Yeah, <laughs> but that would be an explosive play. Yeah.
8: Well, the yeah. special teams special play. Teams, I still yeah. thought. I, I thought the the punt return was the big back
3: burner. Oh, it was it? was. that that completely? That's where the game tilted. The punt return. That's where the game tilted to Kansas City. Um, they had to punch it in, and they punched it in. But it's hard to blame a defense. I know Eagles fans have no problem, but it's it, if you're being logical, it's hard to blame a defense even when they blow coverage. Um, it's hard to blow, blame a defense when the field is five yards long. That's and, a short field.
8: And when the quarterback <laughs> and when the quarterback fumbles the football, I know they don't like that mention. Yeah, question. that's
3: an unforced error. Yeah, well, I, I was talking about that with our buddy Bob Groats yesterday. He wouldn't shut up about the Super Bowl. I'm like, <laughs> oh. what is it? August 21st. I mean, turn the page. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he's talking about Steve Spagnuolo, who's just, God, he's overrated as a defensive coordinator. But anyway, I digress. Um, They didn't force that turnover. That is literally an unforced error. error. Jalen Hurts
8: Hurts could have that play a 1,000 times, and he wouldn't fumble at 999 of them. I'm convinced on that.
2: Was well, weird. All right. Um, let's get to uh I, I don't want to go past the joint practice, but I almost feel that I need to for the Saturday game. Y- you guys don't think there's any way Jalen Hurts plays, do you? Because some teams <laughs> different teams are doing it differently. The are Eagles the Jets are still... Jets are
3: playing A Rod, aren't they?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, who didn't play in the first three preseason games. Now remember, the Jets have played three. Cause they played in the hall of fame game. So he sat there with no uniform on headset talking to everybody for three games. But for some reason he's going to play in the fourth preseason game, Patrick Mahomes has played both of the first two preseason games for the Kansas city chiefs. I know Jalen hurts is on the team because he shows up for practice, but you never know if you just watch the Eagles preseason games.
3: I made a great catch on the sideline. Yeah. He, that
8: was the highlight of the game. Yeah. There wasn't that was the there biggest man. play of
3: the game. Uh, the big catch on the sideline. Brady but, Russell's
8: sorry. touchdown was pretty cool, too.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, while Any I was thinking about this, because uh, I got a friend who's a, a big Jets fan, he said, why the hell are the Jets playing Aaron Rodgers? My assumption is they don't have joint practices this week. That's they part not. of it. They
8: do not.
3: Um, the Eagles, and by the way, Sean beside might have gotten in trouble because – You know, he kind of let the cat out of the bag when I asked him about the pre-plan of of rolling guys versus somebody playing well in the preseason and getting more reps. I was talking about Justin Evans, and he said, I want to get it exactly. I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, He said, because there's so many variables that happen in a game, we use our practices, our joint practices to really evaluate our guys. They're honest about it every once in a while. I mean, they have a joint practice this week. Now, it's weird they only have one and not two. But that's where the Jalen Hurtses of the world are getting their work. They're not getting their work on uh, Thursday nights. Do Um, do
8: you think we'll see Anthony Richardson Thursday night? Because he didn't play this week. Oh,
3: he's a rookie, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how Shane's handling it. I assume it's different for a guy like that. I'd play him. But then again... If you're gonna play a guy a series or two, I know I never get that. What's the point? What what is a series? What is rolling out Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and company for one series? What does that accomplish? Well, like What's last the, year,
8: it? Nick put out Jalen Hurts. I think he threw six passes. He was six for yeah, six. Yeah,
3: six for six. Yeah.
8: And then that was it.
3: I'll yeah. I'll answer that one for you,
2: John. Um beef Jergy is the only new starter on offense, but at least he's one you're just getting reps in. You're just getting a feel in. When the Eagles moved that practice that day that uh, we were broadcasting, WIP's broadcasting live from their training camp and they decide, uh-oh, we better go over to the link because we gotta work on our communication. on talking to each other. on getting plays into the fit well, That's what it is. Practice is practice. And that's why you get a couple of reps in, you get a couple of series, then you get pulled out because you gotta weigh the what you garner from it as compared to what the risk is It's it good but is it worth the risk that's what it all comes Well, down yeah to. yeah Look, my, the series that's is my better point. than no series in my estimation
3: well yeah any any one reps better than no reps I'm right. with you there but my point is you know the whole your whole philosophy is about that risk the second part of what you said and and to me, um, the value of one series versus the risk of a live environment where somebody can roll an ankle, never mind tearing Achilles, as has happened already twice to the Eagles. Um, yeah, no, I'm not gonna. I, now, if you believe if you're Andy Reid and you go about it a different way and say, All right, I want these guys to play in the third quarter, I want to do the whole thing the dress rehearsal, the old school dress rehearsal, get them ready to play get him in the halftime, get him used to going in the halftime, coming back out, and then sit him down. I'll listen to that more than the one series. Like, the one series is, you know, if you're doing that, just sit him.
8: I still um, say there's a reason why Patrick Mahomes is as good in September as he is, and that's because of the way Andy re-prepares that team. It's, I mean, the Chiefs are always – that. sometimes Andy gets off to slow starts, but his players don't. If you know what I mean, like the Chiefs will start like three and two and everybody's like, what's wrong with them? I'm like, oh, they're fine. If you actually watch your games, it's it's the record.
3: Yeah. And Andy's a different animal. I am, I'm not going to criticize Andy, but if you're going to do it, do it. my Tomlin um, does it, too. It's all the older yeah. coaches like
8: Harbaugh, yeah. Tomlin, Reed. And then you got the, the newer generation like Seriani. And I don't have a problem with Nick not playing anybody because last year spoke for itself. They started eight and oh.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, but too. then you
2: got a guy like Salah who uh, is going to go with Rogers for the fourth preseason game. We're not playing him for the first three, and he came in as head coach the same year that Sirianni did. So I don't even know that you can go old and young as how to do it. I think comes but, down. By to- the way, Jody,
8: did you think it was weird how Salah just basically canceled joint practice last week?
2: Yeah, well, Salah and uh, Lafleur said the same thing. Two joint practices not good. The second one always breaks down
8: and fights break out.
2: That's and- true.
3: That happened. It here. is true. Yeah. That and happened here. I think it was
8: funny how like both like the Brown. I don't know if you have heard the Browns players, Todd, but he's just kind of wrote it off. They're like, look, it- it's summer. It's you know, oh, playing. somebody it's one
3: one Browns player came up to Jason Kelsey. Jason was in the media tent waiting for his turn, and one of the Browns came up. Uh, I I won't mention him. He said. Oh, you guys kicked our ass <laughs> <laughs> I mean from from the Eagles perspective that second practice was great from the Browns yeah. perspective it wasn't great but Robert Sellers is right and and is right the chippiness was way more on day two than day one and somebody else Houston and who are they gonna practice with this week Jeff they canceled oh, yeah. joint yeah. practice was it New yeah. Orleans?
8: Yes, New it Orleans? was Houston. New Orleans put out something first and yeah. Houston and Houston said, yeah, ab- after looking at it, we decided that, uh, you know what we're, you know, we saw what we needed to see pretty much.
2: And yeah. the other team that already canceled joint practices. And I think it has more to do with something else than what they're leaning to. The Patriots already canceled this week against the Titans and they hung it over the player who got hurt at the end of the game. Uh, the late, uh, yeah. Molden, yeah. Molden. Molden. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and yeah they had to take him off the field and they even canceled the end of the game because there wasn't much time left and they go yeah no no never mind I, you win uh, let's yeah. let's all go home he went to the hospital he got released he made the team plane that they yeah. didn't even take off and leave him there in the hospital so how injured was he really and they're hanging it on him that they're canceling joint practice
3: yeah. That well, and that's lying. another thing, by the way, the fact that they keep playing these games and then you're going to cancel. Look, two guys got carted off in the Eagles game because they were being very, very cautious Tyree Cleveland and yeah. uh, uh, Moro Jomo. Um, both got carted off. They Tyree cancel. Cleveland's
8: is really serious because he got yeah. placed on week injured. By the way, he's on injured reserve
3: now. Yeah, yeah. Everybody cleared waivers, uh, so don't worry. Zach McPherson, uh Tyree Cleveland, and uh, who was the third one? Well, who um, am I missing? Um, oh, um, yeah. Laura,
2: did you say a Jomo?
3: No, Jomo's Jomo's, yeah, Jomo's fine. Yeah, he's, he's fine. Uh, who's the th- uh, anyway, yeah, who said it Anyway, I just talked guy? about it. I'm I'm losing my mind. Um,
8: <laughs> but anyway, him.
3: they all cleared waivers. Oh, Noah Ellis. Noah Ellis. Yeah, Noah. That's right. Noah Ellis,
8: right, Ellis brother.
3: Yeah. Um, they all cleared waivers. They're all on the Eagles injured reserve list. Um, last one from me at Jeff Carr CBS on X or Twitter or whatever you call it uh, these days. Make sure you follow. I guess I got to bring up this nonsense. I mean, I'm a fan of Justin Fields. Jody's a fan of Justin Fields. I think the Bears did a disservice to Justin. Fields. I
8: love Justin Fields.
3: <laughs> I I think he's you know we'll see how much damage they did to him. He's a phenomenal athlete, running the football. I think he's already the best running quarterback I've ever seen, not named Lamar Jackson. He's not even close to Jalen Hurts as a football player. I I why can't people parse physical gifts? An actual playing of the game. I mean,
8: what? Well, why this people, is
3: ridiculous? Why do people think because
8: Justin Fields got a, a pass catcher or two that he's going to be Jalen Hurts? Right. Uh, I, I, I I think people are so tied up in they can't admit they were wrong about Jalen Hurts. That's the problem, especially down in uh you know Dallas, Texas, down there in Arlington. They they really can't admit it. it it's honestly. It's embarrassing. <laughs> and now Giants fans are getting in on this. Oh, Daniel Jones got Daniel. Got oh, he had a good preseason
3: game, Daniel oh, Jones. So. He did. Look but, out. Look out.
8: Yeah, but, you uh, know, I, but I take it with a grain of salt. You know what I say to that? Okay, beat the Eagles and the Cowboys, and then we'll start talking.
2: Here's, here's my thoughts on Justin Fields compared to Jalen Hurts. It can't be a perfect comparison because Jalen Hurts is a year ahead of him. Jalen Hurts had a rookie year where he got to jump in and start a couple of games at the end of the season. After all was lost, Mm -hmm. Justin Fields had to step in right away and play. So he made a – Jalen Hurts made this huge jump in the year after he became a full-time starter. I think Justin Fields can make a big jump this year, as big as Jalen Hurts. Now, do I think – uh, Justin Fields is going to be top two for MVP at the end of this season. No, I think that's a little ridiculous. I think DJ Moore's criminally
8: underrated too.
2: Right. Uh, I think the Bears offense is going to be different this year. I, they've uh, upgraded the offensive line. They've gotten more weapons. I think his numbers are going to make a significant jump up to the level that Jalen Hurts. Uh, that's unfair to put on anybody. I wouldn't have expect anybody because we've never seen anybody make the leap. The Jalen Hurts made. So you're you're suggesting it's gonna happen again uh, after yeah, it never yeah. happened before? By the way, that I saw just Justin Fields,
3: as you know, I saw him play up close in the in the game. And the Bears stuck in that game a little bit closer. The Eagles didn't know what to do with him fit, running.
8: Fields' feel, touchdown run was one of the most out oh, plays of the it's season.
3: Uh, unbelievable running the football. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable running. They didn't know what to do stopping him, but throwing the football. I, I joked to my buddy Mike Cash. I said, "Man, you could you could his processing you could measure on a sundial. He was so slow trying to make a decision, uh, didn't trust himself. Exact opposite of Jalen Hurts. This is ridiculous wow. to me. But I, somebody I, says I actually I, I think, think Jalen's better
2: perspective. This year. Justin Fields is in a different position than Jalen Hurts. You're comparing Jalen Hurts now when he's achieved everything." To Justin Fields, back at the mid-season point last year, he was still growing as a quarterback. Jalen Hurts had to grow too. Would you not say that
3: Jalen was a little slow at developing when he went in as a rookie? Never, never as slow as Justin Fields. But I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm talking to the people that say Justin Fields is going to be better than Jalen Hurts. I'm talking to those idiots. Um, That's who I'm talking to. I'm not the one who made the comparison. They made the comparison. It's a ridiculous comparison. You can argue, you can make a strong argument that Jalen Hurts was the best quarterback, best starting quarterback in football. Probably number two, that's fair. But he was number two in MVP, was better than Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, except for the fumble. He played better. Um, Versus arguably the worst starting quarterback in football last year. And that's not all Justin Fields' fault. I love when everybody wants to bring up context. Of course, Jalen Hurts has a good supporting cast. Of course, Je- Justin Fields had a bad supporting cast. I, I, but the I, I, assumption that you can trade those two players, and look, I'm not criticizing. Ju- I don't know Justin Fields for math. You just called him the worst quarterback in the NFL. Worst starting quarterback. You can make okay. an argument. Yeah, he was the worst, was throwing the worst quarterback. starting quarterback. I'll look up the PFF numbers after in, in the break. You could make that argument. He was the worst starting quarterback in football last year. Now, the context is, I'm all for context. I talk about context all the time. I love, nobody wants to talk about context until it fits their narrative. You know, He had a bad supporting cast. Guess what? It's slightly improved. It's still bad. It's still
4: bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad.
8: You know what Um, bothers me about the whole Jalen Hurts' talent around him thing? And this comes from a guy who liked watching Kurt Warner play. We never said this about Warner. Oh, he's got two Hall of Fame receivers. He's got a Hall of Fame left tackle. He's got a Hall of Fame running back. He's got yeah, this it's and that. funny no. how
3: that works.
8: Yeah, yeah, that yeah works. It, is, it is funny how that works. And then Jalen Hurts got those. Oh, it's the people around him. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. I, I just bring up Kurt Warner every time, I, every time someone says that to me.
5: Uh,
2: just a couple names for you. Zach Wilson, uh, Sam Darnold in Carolina. Marcus Mariota in Atlanta, yeah, I'll take all. I'll take Justin Fields over all those guys last year. Uh, they were they were starting quarterbacks in the league that were not as good as Justin Fields. What I about would...
8: Baker Mayfield in Carolina, Jody?
2: Um, well, Baker Mayfield played for four teams last year or three. He uh, played he, well, he had he that good for... game for the Rams on a Thursday night.
8: That was the best Thursday night game of the year.
2: It was, uh, but there were some quarterbacks that just weren't even as good as Justin Fields. And I'm even way, talking, Jody, about, I'm well, talking about everything. And Justin, Fields, and and
3: Justin Fields was 23rd overall, so he wasn't uh, they're 32. Jody's right, but he was number one as a runner, obviously, deservedly so. I
8: thought he was like dead last as a
3: passer. 35th, 35th. Fifth as a passer Mario uh, not even if, in the if, 32 range if, if jalen
2: doesn't rush for 13 touchdowns then we're not talking about him as the runner-up for the NBA. well i'll but look you at jalen can- can't as a passer. take the running if we're talking specifically about a comparison between fields and hurts you can't take the rushing out of the field was conversation, a really good passer but leave it in that. for the hurts conversation jalen hurts was
3: the fourth graded quarterback per pff He was fifth as a runner. He was fourth as a passer.
8: He was number one in all the pocket passing stats last year.
3: Yes. Jalen Hurts was a tremendous passer last year. The fact that he didn't reach touchdowns. Yeah, did they go about it in the red zone differently because of his ability to manipulate spacing? Nobody threw the deep ball better. It's not, it, it bothers me that we're having this conversation. I brought it up. And the only reason I brought it up is because this is one of those conversations. And I said to Les Bowen, I said, Les, and I'm breaking my own rule. I don't even accept the premise of James Jones, because I think he was the first one, of James Jones, even comparing these two players at this point of his career. That Does Justin Fields have room to grow? Of course. Good luck to him. I thought he was great. I thought he was a great prospect coming out of college. But right now, to make that comparison to what he said, that is absurd. You talk about disrespect and hating. That is absurd.
8: John, that you know is when, absurd. You know when I stopped kind of engaging in all this stupid stuff on X, when a Cowboys fan actually told me there isn't a difference between 20 yards and 25 yards. Yes, there is. There's a huge difference. If you ever played the sport, you know there's a difference between one and two yards. It is. There is. Oh, Dak's a better deep ball passer than Hurts. I'm like, please not. He was the worst deep ball quarterback in football last year. There's a reason why he threw all those interceptions. They weren't right. all tip passes.
2: I talked to our buddy, John Michaud, over the weekend, at the Cowboys preview spot. And I told him, I'll tell you guys, I'll tell everybody streaming in right now. Here's the one thing I'm rooting for this year. One of many, but one that I'm definitely rooting for. When the Cowboys and Eagles play, just tell me it's Jalen Hurts against Zach, Zach Prescott both times. That's what I want to yep. see. I want to see those two well, guys go I, I, I mano think... a mano because they took an over last year. They didn't play yeah. against each other. I need to see Hurts against Dak twice this year. I, I think, and please, the third time in the playoffs. I think. By the way, cool.
3: I I think Eagles fans are way too hard. I think Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Oh, I do too. I I, I do not. But he's like he's a top ten quarterback. Yeah, he's a hell of a lot closer to Jalen Hurts than than Justin Beals is. So I'm not going to criticize Dak Prescott as a player. I think he's a good player. I do think it was an anomaly. He's not typically a guy who turns the football over. If he continues to do so, then it becomes a trend, and then you have come some concerns. Um, but, yeah, I think both sides are, you know, Cowboys I, fans I, are ridiculous when it comes to Jalen Hurts. Eagles fans are ridiculous when it comes to Dak Prescott. Uh,
8: my narrative on the Cowboys is this, I because I, I think Dak Prescott is a good quarterback too but can Dak Prescott be the guy to take them to the Super Bowl? It's been,
3: well, what, I, seven I, years I, now? I, I, I hate that. Guy. So many things I have know. to happen to win a Super Bowl. Now, you're different. The Patrick Mahomes is of the world. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously. Uh, they, they've set this weird outlier where people are saying, well, you got to make the Super Bowl. Y- you You need so many things from health, number one, to that supporting cast that everybody's talking about. You need a lot of things but to go right. The, to when
8: you say play. Dak has it though, when you say the Cowboys are really good, I, I think yeah, they're going to be really good this
3: year. I would. They've yeah, been disappointing I'm, in the I'm playoffs. not as
2: high as most others because I think they filled some needs, but they also created some holes, the biggest of which is we'll see what kind of a play caller Mike McCarthy is. I, I,
8: I, I just was a Kellen
2: Moore fan, and I think they made a mistake moving. But somebody, uh, John and I both like, and Jeff, we got to let you run here. I know you've been very gracious with your time. Thank you very much. Um, we, from time to time, chide Jeffrey Laurie that he needs a scapegoat when things don't go as suspected. Oh, Jerry does the same thing. And Kellen Moore was their scapegoat this past year when I got beat by San Francisco. I don't think he was the main guy to blame, but he paid for it. Uh, that's Justin Herbert's big benefit this year.
6: He's it got It could Kellen very Moore. well
2: be. Jeff Kerr, always a pleasure. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. See you, guys. Jeff Kerr, CBSSports.com. Check him out. As he said, Monday is his big day. He carves out time for us. He's got, he doesn't have to. Well, he's going back and watching preseason games. It's not, uh, not as exciting. Well
3: you really like that condensed <laughs> version for the preseason. Exactly Jeff. right.
2: Uh John McMahon, Jody McDonald, you're back and back, guys, here on Birds 365. We're coming right back.
5: G-L-E-S Eagles
2: All right, Mac and Mac guys, here with you on Birds 365. We got Mike Sealski going to join us soon now and only less than 10 minutes from now. So um, we thank for Jeff Kerr for not only coming on but hanging around as long as he did. Uh, got off on a quarterback tangent. All right, so we'll get on to the quarterback tangent when we get Mike Sielski up here. Didn't do much of it with Jeff Kerr, but... Yeah, the the drums are banging, Johnny Mac, for the Eagles not having Marcus Mariota as their backup quarterback. And I was one of those who applauded the signing of Mariota during the offseason. I played too heavily into, you know, he's a similar quarterback. He's not the equivalent of Jalen Hurts. Nobody thought that. Uh, but their games are similar enough that you won't have to tinker with the playbook at all. You can let him run it. You know, he's not going to run it as well as Hurts, but at least you can stick to what you do because their games have some similarities. I thought it was a good signing. minchu wasn't coming back. He was going to go somewhere where he had a chance to compete. How'd that work out for you, Gardner? Yeah, yeah. yeah not not yeah, great. Sure. And we'll see him, uh, you'll see him tomorrow down at, at practice. Um, I was good with the Mariota signing. Johnny looks bad. He just flat out looks bad. He Sometimes guys just drop off the edge of the table and their career goes south. Miles Jack, we thought i a chance to come in here compete. He saw it. The Eagles saw it. Everybody saw it. Everybody knew it. Miles said, never mind. I'm out of here. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye. Um, and some people are rating Marcus Mariota and the way that he's played here in preseason and in practices as that type of quarterback. If the Eagles feel that way, if the coaching staff feels that way, if the tape tells them they should feel that way, what do they do? Do they just, like, burn the tape and pretend it hasn't happened? Do they go, yeah, guess what? Our sixth-round draft pick is going to step up and be our backup. Are they actually combing the waiver wire this week to bring in a guy you don't want to do that with your backup quarterback who's got to learn a system. You hope no, he doesn't play, but no. that's that's There's something. Nobody that there, There's nobody well,
3: you, out there. There's nobody You don't there. know who's out
2: there until they're out there. You gotta wait to see what the cutdowns look like.
3: Um, yeah, but no, it's not gonna happen. Uh, he's the backup core. Here's what they're doing, Jody. Can you see that? Crossing their fingers that uh Jalen okay. Hurts can play every single game this year. Um no, they're they're uh, I, I think people have overreacted. Look, I'm not a Marcus fan. I mean I'm a, I' I don't think he's very good, but I kind of have the mentality as a backup he's okay. I mean the vast majority of backups in this league and I think build up is a little bit skewed because they've had so much success over the years with certain backup quarterbacks. Some other backup quarterbacks have been terrible. everybody forgets about them. Um, but the ones that, and obviously, most notably, uh, who I don't want to speak about because I don't want to go in that wormhole. No, they're not signing them. That's all I'll say about that particular name. But uh, uh, what do people expect in backup quarterbacks? I mean, and, and your guy, Brock Purdy, the outlier last year, maybe Tanner McKee turns into Brock Purdy. Uh, I guess it's possible because we just saw Brock Purdy turn into what he did last year. You can't say it's not possible, but the Eagles are not considering Tanner McKee surpassing Marcus Mariota. Now here's the worst case scenario. Jalen hurts gets injured week one. You're you're talking, you need somebody to play the entire season. Then I think it's possible. If Marcus plays poorly, you pull the trigger on Tanner McKee. If he continues to progress behind the scenes, but if it's like last year or the year before, you need him for one or two games, it's going to be Marcus Mariota. And and from their perspective, remember, and he will be. It, right now, he's hamstrung by that second-team unit, which ain't great. You know, Some of the depth issues on the offensive line, we talked about the center issues in practice, which have calmed down a bit with Josh Andrews. But the receivers haven't really jumped out, other than Tyree Cleveland for the one streak, and now he's gone. You know, all the talk about Joseph Nada, I don't know where that's coming from. He's not shown much at all. Um, the backup tight ends. Backup uh, tight ends haven't much. well, Jack Stoll's solid, but you know what he is. He's not going to be a. Yeah, a but,
2: but Jack Stoll's blocking isn't making Marcus Marriott. No, exactly. Any easier.
3: That's what I'm saying. So, you know, he would be playing in such a scenario. He'd be playing with Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and all the receivers. He'd be better. He'd be better. Would he be good? I don't think he's good. So no, but I if you have a top half backup quarterback, so 16. If you have a top sixteen backup quarterback, I'm okay with it. And I think they have a top sixteen backup quarterback.
2: Really? Yeah. You think there are sixteen worse backup quarterbacks than him right now?
3: Bad backup quarterbacks, Jody. A lot of bad I know they're
2: backups, but he's been especially bad, John. And uh, Hey, I'm pointing the finger at myself. Uh, we, we do what we do. We generate opinions. Uh, people ask us for it. I ask you for it. My callers ask asked me for it on WIP. That's we're here to generate opinions. My opinion was Mariota was going to be a nice backup and he was going to be a smart signing. I, I'm ready to throw in the flag and admit defeat.
3: <laughs> but I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think you're putting too much emphasis on these preseason games. They just don't care. They don't care. They don't care about the preseason. They, they're not playing. They're not playing their guys. They're not trying. They're not game playing. They're not doing anything else. But even to a degree now, nobody does that. But the Eagles take it to a higher degree than most. And, again, I bring back Sean Desai, who let the cat out of the bag. He admitted, we don't even pay attention when it comes to evaluation. Uh, of the of the preseason game. So, look, I get it from the perspective of a, of a of the fans who that's all they get to see, but he's been better since Josh Andrews got here in practice, and I think they're steady with it. They're steady. They're steady. And when Brian Johnson spoke on Saturday, that was the first question he got, and he shut it down just like Nick Seriati shut it down. We, we love, basically said, we love the way Tanner's progressing, but Marcus Mariota's our backup. Is, He's our backup quarterback. And this will take the Eagle fans off. Um, I'm going to predict
2: right here, right now, that Jalen Hurts is going to lose more than one game this year. Last year, they were able to get by in the two games that he didn't play, both of which were losses with their backup quarterback and still have the number one record in the NFC. I don't know that it's going to be that simple issue. If he's going to miss two games and Marcus Mariota is going to go 0-2, it could cost them the ability to host. Well, it could, Patriots.
3: but I, I don't think – and I think, you know, from the start, I think Gardner's a little bit better as a backup quarterback. But as you mentioned, they lost two games. I mean, he played well in one. He played atrociously in another. But they lost them both. Um, I think. I think he's a slight upgrade, but – I mean, if you're down to your backup quarterback, if you're not San Francisco and they were down to their third quarterback, you're you're gonna have some issues and you're gonna have to win games in other ways.
2: Okay, and here's my issue slash problem. I'm not sure Jalen Hurts can go 14 and one in the games that he plays. If he plays 15, nah, well, I'm, I'm not sure there. they're going 14 and one there. again. So I'm you might need you. to win one of those two games that your backup quarterback wants to play. And I right now don't have faith that market Then you got to look at Sean DeSai.
3: Go out and win a game, Sean DeSai. Michael Clay, go out and win a game. Win a game in another fashion. I don't fashion. remember
2: you saying that about Gannon last year when uh, I could say Gardner it about Gannon. Minshew go out and win a game. Started a quarterback. I don't remember what the hell happened to your defense, Gannon, against uh, the Cowboys when they put up what a forty spot against the Eagles. And
3: they're they're yeah. So it's it's valid to criticize the defense. Gardner Minshew. Was not the reason they lost that game. You could put it, if you want to right. put it on Gannon, put it on Gannon. I, if you want to put it on Quez Watkins, not fighting for the football, put it on Quez Watkins. Gardner Minshew wasn't the reason they lost that game. He was the reason they lost against the same Saints. game. Yes.
2: Yeah. We, we yeah. agree on that. All
3: right. I see Mike Silski in our green room. He is ready to
2: jump in and talk Eagles football with us. Keep it right here on Birds 365.
5: E A G L E S Eagles. Appreciate
2: your strict here on Bird 365 with Mac and Mac and Mike Sealski from the Enquirer Choir and WIP, who I had a fun time doing a show with on Saturday and said, oh, I'm going to take advantage of it because Sealski on Bird ah, 365 right yeah. away.
3: Nice,
9: Jody. Nice.
2: nice. I, I, you I, I just feel, feel
9: icky when you take advantage of me, Joe. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah well, I, and just a quick aside. He took advantage of Ben Davis this weekend. Asked him a question about who he's going to root for, either the Phillies or the media team to win the Little League World Series. I loved it. It was such an unfair question. I was proud of you, Mike (laughs) Sealski. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, So I'm going to try and ask you a fair question. It may or may not be fair, and you can determine that, and John can either nod and say, yeah, Jody, you screwed him the same way Mike screwed uh, Ben Davis over the weekend. (laughs) Marcus Mariota, if he has to play two games for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, Jalen Hurts goes down with injury, and that's fair to estimate because – Year one, he missed a game. Year two, he missed two games. I won't even push the three this year. I'll just leave it at two. Uh, what's Marcus Mariota's record going to be in the two games that he plays for the Eagles this year's starter?
9: That's a great question, Jody. Um, part of me wants to say 0-2 because I've watched Marcus Mariota throw the football during this training camp and last season for the Atlanta Falcons and previously for the Raiders and the Tennessee Titans. And I say to myself... You know, there are certain things that an NFL quarterback needs to be able to do by rote, and completing passes to open receivers from the pocket should be rote. It should be like taking an NBA player, putting him in a gymnasium by himself, and having him shoot jump shots without anybody playing defense on him. He should be able to knock them down 80 to 90% of the time. Mariota, to me, cannot do that. Having said that, against the right opponent, Given Mariota's running skills, the Eagles could probably RPO an opponent to death, and have Mariota run the ball an awful lot, and probably get by for a game. But if they are going to have to win or lose a game on the arm of Marcus Mariota, I would bet again. I would bet on them losing that game. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, but here's why I think it's unfair, Mike, in that that scenario, because as I brought up before you came on with Gardner Minshew, who was 0-2 last year as the starting quarterback, but he played well enough to win one of those games. You can win games in other ways. It has not been – there's a lot of over-legislation in the NFL, but I don't think they have banned winning games defensively, special teams play. Maybe the running game, as you mentioned, the with the RPO aspect. Some The old school thought of, all right, a star goes down, other guys got to pick up their game. No. Backup up quarterback. You
9: got to pick up your game. Is that outrageous to say? No, it's not, John. Uh, believe me, I'm old enough to remember when Donovan McNabb and then Coy Detmer both got hurt during the 2002 season and AJ Feely became a folk hero as yeah. at the time the platonic ideal of Eagles backup quarterbacks he went what 4 and 1 I 5 and 1 as a starter and what everybody forgets and nobody wanted to see at the time was that the Eagles defense and their special teams were incredibly strong and as you said John stepped their games up in his absence there became this narrative that somehow the Eagles offense ran better with AJ Feely when in fact nothing could have been further from the truth. You look at the numbers when Feely was playing versus when Donovan McNabb was playing, it wasn't close. The offense was much better with Donovan McNabb, and the Eagles defense and special teams played a lot better in McNabb's absence. So yeah, there's a lot of merit to what you're talking about. And as you pointed out last season, uh, the the Eagles defense did not have a good day on Christmas Eve uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, and that's the primary reason they lost that day. So yeah, th- that's that's certainly a key aspect of it. Uh, the concern for me would be if Hurts were to miss more time than oh, just yeah. a game or two. Yeah. Um, as I, I said to Jody Saturday on WIP, uh, I'm reminded of the line that Tom Moore, the longtime Indianapolis for Colts sure. offensive coordinator, had. Ah, uh, oh, I he, love that line. When I he say was asked, it all the time. Yeah, when he was asked about um, why Peyton Manning's backup. Didn't get any snaps, yeah. During, I love,
3: first of all, I love the question, and it's that my favorite NFL line of all time. I'll let you say it,
9: Mike. yeah. I gotta, as I said on the radio the other day, gotta clean it up for yeah. family. You don't peers.
3: have to clean it not, up not for YouTube, go ahead yeah. and uh, <laughs> him
9: directly. I, I will clean it up. And somebody asked Tom Moore, you know, how come you don't get your backup quarterback more reps during practice in case Peyton gets injured? And Moore said, Son, if Peyton gets injured, we're screwed, and yeah. we don't coach screwed. Yeah. Although he didn't say screwed.
3: I love. It. Well, the only thing you didn't you took the football aspect out of it. And by that I mean Tom Moore, old school guy. Yeah, awesome guy. Um, been around forever. He used eighteen. Oh. If eighteen gets hurt, we're fucked. I'll say it. <laughs> fucked.
9: That all time yeah. coach that. Yep. All timer. Yep. And we don't coach that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike, I asked this of John earlier. I need your take on it as well. Um, Safeties and linebackers. We all believe that Reed Blankenship, 99.9%, is gonna be the starter and he's gonna be on the field for basically every single snap, much like the safeties were last year. And the same with N'Kobe D, maybe less with N'Kobe, which is a bit of a surprise. Um, that he's only ninety-nine point eight percent rather than ninety-nine point nine percent. But those guys are starters unquestioned, they're gonna be there. The other two positions are up for grabs. Last year at those two positions on the Philadelphia Eagles, the two other guys Kaiser White and you want to make Epps the other guy if you're saying that Chauncey Gardner and at the beginning of the season was Chauncey because he just got there, but everyone assumed he was gonna play and damn he played all the time. Um, do you think Sean Desai is gonna is he hoping to have it exactly the same? That someone grabs that job and the other guys who are in the discussion don't see the field the same way the Eagles did at those two positions? Or do you think we're looking at more of a rotation? We know they rotate on the defensive line. That's a big rotational position. It isn't usually at safety and linebacker. How do you think Sean Desai looks at what's going to need to be decided over the next two weeks here before the season gets underway?
9: I think Sean Desai... Checks in with Howie Roseman, or Howie Roseman checks in with Sean Desai, and they say, Hey, you know, is there any uh, move to be made here? I mean, look, they, they went out and signed Cunningham. I think
2: they're still looking to
9: upgrade. I, I think Howie Roseman is always looking to upgrade. I think he is That's always true. looking to That's upgrade. True. and it would not surprise me if there was another move to be made here. I'm not saying I have any inside information on this. I don't. I'm just saying I've watched Howie Roseman for the better part of 15 years now, and if there are positions on the field that he feels like need improving, he's going to try to improve them, and timing has become less and less of an issue for Howie Roseman. Look, you know, this is a guy who traded for – you know, Jay Ajayi in the middle of the Super Bowl season, and the guy basically became the Eagles' number one running back right away uh, in a backfield by committee. Uh, as you said, he went out and got C.J. Garter-Johnson last year. Uh, we've seen him trade Jordan Matthews late in a, a training camp slash preseason. Uh, this is what Howie Roseman does, and I don't think the word settle is in his or the Eagles vocabulary, especially given the makeup of this team and the opportunity they have. So if there's something out there that maybe us and the cognizant are not talking about, I'm willing to bet how he's looking at it and maybe thinking about pulling the trigger.
3: Yeah. Uh, you're right about how we were expecting the August trade. I, you know, I saw Bob, Bob Lang on the phone a lot yesterday at practice. Your, your, your antenna starts to go up and then, uh, Miles Jack retired. So it was probably just about that. But, um, you know, I'm sure you saw the transcript, um, uh, my yesterday was Sean Desai and he got peppered with safety questions. Um, and I started it off. I think his first four questions were about safety. And the reason why is because all of a sudden we get there Saturday, Mike, 13th practice, open practice of the summer. And Justin Evans is getting all the first team reps. Yeah. 80% by my estimation. According to the Eagles, this is part of the plan. I mean, come on. At, at this point, you should be whittling things down. And the Eagles seem to be expanding. Uh, when it comes to that position, opposite Reed Blankenship, who was now an amazing story in its own right, entrenched. Your thoughts on how they're handling the safety with the constant rotation. Uh, Jody brought up competitive advantage. Are they waiting for us to leave? Because tomorrow is the last fully open practice of the summer. Are they just waiting for us to
9: leave? I think that's possible. Uh, John, your one line about – the plan reminds me of the line the Joker has in the dark Knight, where people say it's all part of the plan, (laughs) even if the plan is horrifying. And (laughs) um, I wonder if the Eagles regard their safety situation as maybe not quite horrifying, but as we said earlier in need of improvement and they're trying things out and maybe look, maybe it is all subterfuge until our prying eyes go away after the joint practice Tuesday with the Colts. But uh, if, things were settled they'd be settled right uh so exactly you know look there are some holes on this defense i've been talking to you know been saying this throughout the offseason that people should prepare themselves for the eagles to be worse this season uh and for no other reason other than it's really hard to go 14 and 3 again and really hard to get to the super bowl Uh, And things like this come up. You sign a linebacker who, within two weeks, decides to retire. And you sign a backup quarterback who is spraying the ball all over the practice fields and preseason game fields uh, throughout the summer. And it's really, really difficult to replicate the kind of success that they had last season. Uh, And part of this is running through guys at safety to see if something works. And if something doesn't work to their liking, as we said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised to see. Bob Lang and Howie Roseman and other members of that front office on the phone.
2: All right. I uh, need your take on passes to the running back, Mike Sielski, because John and I were on this same page at the beginning of camp. We said, we're going to need to see it to believe it. Because they just didn't throw the ball much to the running backs year, <laughs> And there were many reasons for it. The biggest of which for me was when in doubt, Jalen takes off. If he's got to get down to his third or fourth read, by the time somebody's usually bringing it down his neck, boom, he's turning it upfield getting 12 yards with his legs. And I expect the same to happen this year. But they seem pretty dedicated, at least in what they've been using as far as time and practices, be it joint or solo or whatever, to make the running backs a bigger part of the passing game. I think a big reason for that is they acquired DeAndre Swift, who's very good at it how big an improvement will it be? How, how will we be talking about it five weeks in that this has become a significant component of the Eagles offense, or is this just eh, they're throwing stuff at the wall here during preseason and then they're going to go back to running the same exact offense they did last year?
9: No, I think it, it will be a bigger component of the offense, Jody, for a couple of the reasons that you cited. Uh, DeAndre Swift can catch the ball out of the backfield. Boston Scott can catch the ball out of the, excuse me, out of the backfield. We've seen that. In previous years. Also, it takes some pressure off of Hertz. Look, defenses know that Jalen Hertz can run when Jalen Hertz needs to run. Uh, And I do think there is an element of preservation here with respect to Hertz. If they can dump the ball off to the backs out of the backfield a little more often, well, then maybe that's, you know, one or two runs a game that Jalen Hertz doesn't have to make. And that saves the wear and tear on his body and (laughs) on his legs or preserves him from getting a really bad hit. Uh, as they uh, try to keep him upright and at his best throughout the course of a season. So it makes sense for them to try to do this. It's been a staple of their offense going back to the early years of Andy Reid. So why not emphasize it? It's it's pretty surprising when you think about the Eagles' history that they threw the brawl as infrequently to their running backs last season as they did. And I think part of that, too, is that for whatever reason, Miles Sanders kind of regressed as a pass catcher out of the backfield from his rookie season until last year. Uh, so with Swift there and with Scott back, I think, you know, that's that's an area that they can improve in and, and uh, should. Uh,
3: with the running backs, Mike, I'm more interested in the whole committee approach versus trying to find a lead back, whatever you want to call it. They're not going to have a bell cow, but, you know, typically you have somebody who gets the majority of the carries. The Eagles spend so much time In situational work during practice that we get to see. So it's either, you know, a lot of red zone, a lot of backed up, a lot of hurry up, these types of things. And you see a ton of Kenny Gainwell and DeAndre Swift. What you don't see is 20 to 20, you know, what are you going to do there? Is that where Rashad Penny fits? And then my second point, do you like the committee approach? Or is that you you default to that when you don't have a lead back,
9: basically? I like the committee approach, John. Uh, and I'm, I'm remiss that I didn't mention Gainwell when I talked about guys who catch the ball out of the backfield because Kenny's pretty good at it. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. And he'll help there a lot, too. Uh, you know, look, we saw an improved Kenny Gainwell late last season. Go back and watch that NFC Championship game. He had a terrific game. <laughs> that day. And I think there's there's a little bit more there to be extracted from him. And I like the committee approach because uh, you have, it allows you to exploit a defense with, by using different skill sets from different players, right? Uh, we saw this years ago, again, I hate to sound like an old head, but you saw it with Deuce Daly, Brian Westbrook, Karell Buckhalter. Uh, you've seen it Uh, Under Doug Peterson and now Nick Sirianni, a lot of different guys who can do a lot of different things, some of them with overlapping skills, and uh, it saves wear and tear on these guys. And we all know how debilitating that position is. And so, look, Boston Scott, for instance, been around a while now, okay? Part of the reason he's still an effective player is because he's not used all that much. Yeah, Uh, And so it's to the Eagles' advantage, I think. Uh, to go about things this way. And I think they th- there's a very good chance that they're going to be better in the backfield this season than they were last season, simply because of A, volume, they have more players, and B, those players are all pretty good or getting better.
2: All right, this is kind of a prediction question, Mike, and I'm crossing my fingers for your answer. What's going to be either the drop-off or the step-up, or will it be just a... Flat line, no, it's gonna be a little different, but that they balance each other out. The comparison between uh, TJ Edwards and Nicobe Dean when the season is come and gone. Because Edwards pretty damn good last year. And both John and I talked about I, I lobbied for him to get a contract extension in the middle of the season. It didn't happen. Um, but uh and I'm a huge Nicobe fan, so I love both players. But chances are one's going to be better with what he had done, with what Nakobe's going to do. How close do you think the comparison will be at the end of the season?
9: I think it'll be pretty close in part because the Eagles have made their position about the linebacker position very clear, Jody. Mm-hmm. And they don't regard it as particularly important relative mm-hmm. to other positions. They just don't. Um, you know, I mentioned this in a column uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, th- take the Chicago Bears whose two big off-season signings were two linebackers, okay? They spent big money Terrible organization. Terrible organization. Like
3: When when DJ
2: Moore goes for a 1,000 yards, you might have to skim back on that at the end of the season. No, no, I
7: won't. Uh,
9: We'll see. The Bears have had, what, three winning seasons since 2007? This is the kind of this, and the reason they they have been so bad for so long is they make decisions like this. Linebackers just aren't on the field very much. They're just not. And when they are offensive coordinators and play callers salivate because it's like, okay, well, are, are they too small to handle the run game that we're going to pound them with or, and are they too big and slow to uh, shore up in the pet pa- and pass defense? So is it going to, is there going to be an appreciable difference between a Kobe Dean and TJ Edwards? I would be surprised if there is one way or another, I think, you know, they're just going to be, you know, well, I'm gonna, gonna be- I, let
3: me, let me play devil's advocate. Cause I'm with you and Jody knows I kill the bears all the time. I just, <laughs> they're just a terribly run organization. I think they're doing a disservice to Justin Fields last year. Now Ryan Poles just got there. Maybe he changes it. So we'll give him a year because he pretty much took it down to the studs and we'll see if he can rebuild it. But I do disagree with him paying basically $100 million for two off-ball linebackers. Now, that said, he got two good players. And I think the Eagles, from my perspective, have taken it too far at linebacker. They've taken the devaluation too far. I'm not saying go out and spend $100 million, but try to find good players. And look, N'Kobe's N'Kobee. There's some upside there. We we all hope he stays healthy. My only concern with Nicobe Dean is durability. He already got hurt in training camp. He showed up yesterday with a big wrap on his hand. I don't know what's going on. I'm a little concerned about the durability aspect. TJ played 20 games, you know, 95% of the snaps. Always out there. But from the Eagles' larger perspective, I think everybody looks at TJ Edwards and Kaiser white and says, Oh, that was, that's fine. You can go to the super bowl. You can make a long run, but there were the Eric Wilson's and the Paul Warlows and the LJ Ford. There've been far more hit, uh, misses than hits. Mike, I think they've taken it. They're right about the devaluation. I think they've taken it a little bit too far.
9: Yeah, that's probably fair. John. Uh, and I think some of that is some of that comes down to how much mental and research resources are you going to put into that position? Right? Like if you, if you value defensive end and defensive tackle and cornerback, you're going to expend much more intellectual football energy into finding great players there. And as you said, their history suggests they kind of throw stuff at the wall when it comes to linebacker, and so yeah, is there is there merit to what you're saying? Absolutely. uh I'll wait to see how much it damages them greatly. I don't think you know. I don't think the Chiefs beat them in the Super Bowl because of their linebackers. They beat uh, them for Nick other Bolton, reasons. Alton, baby, making big plays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the
3: right spot. Yeah, right
2: spot right yeah. when Jalen had an unforced yeah. error. Uh, yeah, like give him credit for that. All
3: right, Shane
2: Steichen coming to town. Johnny Mack not going to be on Bird 365 tomorrow because he wants to go talk to his boy Shane. Shane's going to come in and dazzle? Does he have to, like, show up? The, the student need to show up? The master tomorrow in the uh-huh. joint practice between the Cults and the Eagles, Mike sealski
9: No. I mean, look, it'll, it'll probably be intense. Um yeah. These joint practices can be and tend to be. But Steichen doesn't strike me as the kind of guy, just from the little bit, I uh, spoke to him over the last couple of years. Who's going to come in, uh, a la Adam GaSe or something like that, and want to um, get wild-eyed over yeah. a joint practice against yeah. his uh, friend and former boss?
3: Yeah. Plus, the master has all the personnel. Uh, exactly. The student doesn't have the personnel. That kind of helps out as well. Um, I'll leave it here with you, at Mike Siel- Uh Follow Mike on X and <laughs> Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Philadelphia Inquirer, one of the best columnists in the country. Um, Sports Radio WIP, you get to hear him there with Glenn Mack now, Jody Mack. Uh, Mike, um, when it comes to the joint practices, and, and Sean to let this cat out of the bag, it flat out said, forget about the preseason game. We're evaluating in joint practices. Do you think, as a columnist for the fan base, it's fair when they're dressing this up and charging the same prices and doing all that kind of stuff.
9: I mean, I don't know how you fix it, but it's got to be fixed. Doesn't it? I think it's funny. You mention this, John, um, for two reasons. First of all, I saw it. Uh, I, I'm sure you guys saw it. The news broke last night that the Texans and the saints were canceling yeah. their joint practices yeah. um, because both teams were so beat up already yeah. uh, and so concerned about injuries, which, I'm shocked, I don't know about you guys, that the NFL two years into a 17-game regular season is finding that guys are getting hurt and struggling to recover, uh, you know, in, in when you're three years into a much longer regular season. But I wrote a column about this last year, John, where I basically said that this is eventually going to come full circle, where coaches and organizations are going to start saying what uh, Sean Desai said, that the joint practices are so much more valuable uh, that the NFL will get around eventually to canceling preseason games. And then they'll get around to selling tickets to joint practices. <laughs> and then joint practices will become so popular preseason, that they'll have yeah. to hold them yeah. in Lincoln Financial Field and AT&T Stadium, and then we'll be back to the preseason again, and the yeah. cycle will continue into perpetuity. Of course, it's unfair to the fans. It's ridiculous that they charge full prices for these preseason games. It's. I love Ross Tucker, and I understand what he's saying about Guys' careers can be made or broken in these games. It's not enough to perpetrate the fraud on the fan that the NFL is is doing uh, and has done for years and years. Get rid of these games. Just go to the joint practices. You've got a 17-game regular season now. You've got an expanded playoffs. Get rid of preseason games.
2: Yeah. Two guys' careers are made or broken out of 180 players. Each, Each team's got 90 and two guys for the two teams combined are having their career made a bro. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's just not worth the
5: the
3: expenditure. Now, I'm the I'm
9: fans. not going to the game Thursday night. There's no reason to. I mean, I, I hate saying uh, that, but but there go. really isn't.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish I didn't
2: have to go. Johnny Mac doesn't doesn't have a choice. And oh, by the way, uh, we touched on this. Uh, Patriots canceled their joint practice this week too, and then hung it on the poor kid that got hurt at the end of the game yeah. the other night. And come on, Belichick, be honest. Just step up and go, yeah, no, we got too many injuries. We don't need this joint practice thing. We'll be good for the start of this season. We got Brady to pump us up week one anyway. We don't need a joint practice. To to do that to the kid who got hurt, I thought was just flat out wrong. But – I'm a little sensitive about these things. I'm a sensitive guy in case you haven't figured that out. Uh,
9: Mike <laughs> Sealski, we always man, a pretty- man, Jody McDonald.
2: Yeah, that's what's really sensitive. For- I loved how you screwed Ben Davis. <laughs> can't, can't get over that one. Uh, and now, now Ben's going to be mad at me. He'll never come
9: on. My He's own. such a good guy. And I put him in such a bad spot. Uh, you by
2: And it was tremendous by you, but that's again, I might be sensitive, but I'm also a jerk.
9: Well done, Mike Sealski.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
9: we, we all have our dark sides, John. And, that's true. uh, you know, some men just like to watch the world burn. And I love the fact
2: <laughs> that you showed yours on Saturday. You didn't today. You were much too nice. You should have come on here and badmouthed either me or Johnny Mac. And we still would argue. Ah, I can't
9: to. do that.
3: That's easy. That's too easy. That's low-hanging fruit, Joe.
2: <laughs> you're too uh, good a guy. Mike Sealski, thank you much. We're going to have you plenty during the season. Thanks for doing it here in the pre. Thanks,
9: you. Mike. Anytime, guys. See you soon.
2: Mike Sealski from the Inquirer and 94WIP here with us on Burge. 365. All right, got to come back, put a bow on the show. A couple minutes left. Stay right here on Birds 365. That Mac, Mac Johnny Mac Jordy Mac here with you. Put it all on the show here on Birds 365. Um, did want to bring this up at some point during the show, and we certainly got so in depth on the Eagles, never got a chance. Uh, but I'll do so here. How weird was this story over the weekend about Jimmy Graham, the tight end from the Saints? Johnny Mac, yeah, comes back out of retirement had had his best years with the Saints seven years ago eight years ago he was um, a great
3: player great player
2: at the top of his game he was as good a tight end as there was in the league wanted to try and come back well into his 30s make a return not the one day sign the contract retire is the same thing oh no he wanted to play in the saints game a chance signed him to a contract was in camp for a couple of weeks and just wandered out over the weekend and was found in public and someone tried to talk to him and he Started running away, and they think that he had a seizure, and they had to basically take him into a hospital on a medical. They they arrested him because he was kind of causing a disruption. It, this is some scary stuff. We talk about how much players should and shouldn't play, what are they learning from joint practices and practice and risk reward and everything else, and then you have something like this, and you go, "Whoa, that that, that football is a tough game." That. I'm sorry. And I don't know yeah. if this had anything to do with football, but you have to assume it has to do with the fact he's been playing it for his entire life. That's some scary stuff, Johnny Mac.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, from what I saw, he was wandering in traffic. So from, you know, a law enforcement standpoint, you have to sort of detain him and react. I, I, right. I guess the, you know, the assumption was he was under, uh, he was arrested for being under these, uh influence of narcotics, the suspicion because if you're a cop and you see somebody wandering in the street and incoherent, you know, that's doesn't mean that's the case, but, um, yeah, it's always a scary situation. Now, for those who want to go straight to CTE, I mean, yeah, I can't go there. We have to get more information and, and, and see what exactly happened. But, um, Anytime something like that happens, I always go back to Bill Parcells. I say that all the time, because whether it's Miles Jack retiring, something as simple as that, or, you know, something as crazy as this, you know, Bill's get, gave that advice to all his guys when they became head coaches. He has a list of, it was like 10 things. And one of them was four or five things are going to happen every day as an NFL head coach that you don't want to happen. And if you can't deal with it, Get another job. Don't take the job. Yeah. Um, There's always um, unforeseen stuff. And it could be small or it could be big, but it's coming. What's coming tomorrow is
2: a joint practice with the Indianapolis Colts, which means the return of Gene Steichen, the return of Gardner Minshew, and if Marcus Mariota is playing okay, I don't think the return of Gardner Minshew would be that big a deal. But because Marcus is struggling, yeah. it almost adds to the return yeah. of the mustache.
3: Yeah, now it looks good. Now Gardner looks good. Now Tanner McKee, um, and Mark Barzetta billing in tomorrow. Uh,
2: just got oh, that was throwing in? Okay, yeah. good. I didn't know that.
3: The great Mark Barzetta, Barzetta gonna wally pip me, um, uh, but my Mar- um. um Uh, Mark's always great. So he'll do a tremendous job. You know, Jody's going to be here for you. Uh, Shane Steichen. And that's it, man. That's the last uh, open, fully open practice of the summer for your Philadelphia Eagles.
2: Now going forward, uh, please remind me from last year. Um, they're going to tinker with the times of practice. So do you know what time it's going to be? Well, am well, I might asking questions about the Eagle schedule. You yeah. got no bloody idea. No, they don't no give you any idea. advance notice. Why do I even do that to, to you and myself?
3: Yeah, no, no play. It's usually early afternoon though. So, um, you know, maybe the occasional interview will screw me up, but, uh, it's usually early. I don't think they're going to change it, but, uh, who knows with the Eagles? Yeah, you never know. Last week they moved up
2: practice by what, three and a half hours because they throws. Yep.
3: Out. Yeah. Well, so thunderstorms were coming,
2: never you came. Never really know. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, we—I'll—I'll we, I'll, uh, cop to this. I think I'm playing to the Delaware Valley here, basically every day. That Eagle fans all live within X amount of miles from Lincoln Financial Field. And that's just not the case. The Eagle fans were all over the country. We got
3: fans in Europe, Jody. Right.
2: And shame on me for not having the the proper mindset. For any of our Eagle fans out there in Southern California, I hope you're good. Thanks for streaming in today. That means at least your house is still upright. There's some nasty weather out there on the West Coast over the last 24 hours. Uh, So uh, hopefully everybody's safe and sound from our Eagle Uh, fan base out there in Southern California. All three. I don't know if it's three or 12 or eight or none, uh, but anybody who is uh, listen, streaming in with us today hope you're doing okay all right partner uh you and i not tomorrow farzette is in for you but then i'll see you wednesday and you're going to be good to go from there yeah
3: on, i i'm planning so on it always day to day yeah uh looking forward to seeing shane steichen though uh good guy tremendous uh offensive coordinator here coming back as the head coach of the indianapolis colts and Hey, his time at Philadelphia, you got him that job. So uh, it's a big deal. Just have to hope that
2: he gets a second year because the Colts are going to be bad. Uh, (laughs) Same thing with Jonathan Gannon. Two Eagle guys that got out of Dodge uh, stepped into.
3: That's typically what happens. Nick got lucky with a good offensive line, good defensive line. Yes, Sirianni played to a different room here in Philadelphia.
2: All right, partner. I will see you on Wednesday. Mark Farzad and I will be back here tomorrow on Birds 365 in 2 and 2.
0: You've been listening to Birds 365. 365.